This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. On the new podcast, American Criminal, you'll learn about the fraud, theft, and murder that marks the dark side of the American dream. Like the Menendez murders, was it two greedy kids who killed their parents for money, or is there more? Listen to American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. With your host, Stephen Michael and Sonny Hollywood Pooney. Now, crank it up.
So as is the tradition around the Grown Up Rock podcast, it's time for us to share what we think our favorites of 2021 are. But really, this title of this episode is kind of misleading it. So the title of the episode usually is the best of 2021 or our top 10 of 2021, whatever you want to call it. But honestly, this list should be more called here's 10 records that I like a lot and another 30 records that that didn't make the list that I also like, and then a few I didn't like. But that title doesn't fit into the description, so I couldn't really use that. (laughs) I took a different approach. So I listened to 200 albums this year. 24 had a shot to make my list, and then I narrowed it down to a top 10. And my intent was people ain't going to listen to just a bunch of random stuff if you haven't labeled it some of the best. So what I did was on... um, the playlist that I use, I picked some of the best songs off those 24 albums and threw them in that playlist. So that way we can add that playlist into the notes today. So that way, if you just want to take a quick shot of one or two songs from these albums, just to get an idea that 2021 has some great, great songs. 2021 was full of record releases. And yeah, I know every year is kind of full of record releases, but I think 2021 was a little on the heavy side, most likely because of the pandemic. But then again, a lot of people said that they were working on records before the pandemic started. So I don't know, but it just seems like there was a really heavy release schedule this year, more so than in past years, and a lot of great stuff. I mean, tons of great stuff. My approach was a little bit different. So every time a record came out that I was even mildly interested in or somebody had mentioned, I took the record and I put it in a full album preview playlist for myself because I like to listen to a full album. Some of them I couldn't make it all the way through. Some of them I made it through a couple of times and some of them stayed there and then just were played over and over again. I took a few songs off of each one of those albums and put them in my playlist and they would show up regularly in my playlist. But, you know, what did I spend the most time with? What did I keep going back to? I even went back to an album and it's not on my on my list. It's not on my best of. But I went back to an album because so many people were like, this is my in my top 10 for the year. This is in my top 10 for the year. And I'm like, okay, I listened to it once and I was kind of meh. So I'm going to go back to it and listen to it. I went back to it again and listened to it. And I was like, eh, not that bad. <laughs> so, you know, I don't know, man. Uh, there are a lot of albums out there that people were just going off on. And I think you and I were both kind of like, really? That one? You got one of them on your list. I've given that thing a shot four times and it still sucks. (laughs) Hey, that's what we love about music, man. It's so opinionated. So uh, just, you know, does it hit you right? Doesn't it hit you right? You never know. And so that's what's great about music. But we're going to have a fun time talking about this. We're going to have a lot of crossover and a lot of albums that we double up on. But It's going to be a fun conversation like it always is. And I I say this every year and I'll say it one more time this year. And then, of course, I'll say it one more time next year. But I love when all the podcasts do these top 10 of 2021 or top 10 of the year podcasts because I pick up 
a lot of suggestions when people do these best of the year things. So I love these things and maybe we'll turn somebody on to some of the music here and maybe they'll turn us on to some of their music. So that's what it's all about. But before we get too deep into all this... It's time for the Crank It Up New Music Spotlight. All right, so tonight's Crank It Up New Music Spotlight comes to us from Jizzy Pearl. Yes, that Jizzy Pearl. Love, hate Jizzy Pearl. He has released a couple of songs this year in anticipation for the new release of the new Love, Hate record, Hell, California, which is coming out on February 11th of next year. And the songs that he's released thus far, I like. They're kind of a heavy, groovy, Zeppelin-y feel straight in there with a lot of the stuff that he's done uh, more recently. So this is a song called Gonna Take You Higher. Check it out.
do Jizzy Pearl. I don't even know what to say about Jizzy. I, huh, when you joined Rat, I'm like, okay, maybe this will be better because I was getting sick of Stephen Piercy and I'm like, oh my God, this is almost worse. And now he's doing Quiet Riot. If he couldn't do Stephen Piercy, he sure the hell can't do Kevin Dubrow. And I've heard these two or three songs he's released. They're just not good. And I don't like love hate. So why is Jizzy? I, I don't know. I can't handle Jizzy Pearl. I'm sorry. Because of people like me. I like it. And Aaron Camaro. He likes it. <laughs> All right. Sold two albums. Good job, Jizzy. <laughs> oh, there's people out there that like old Jizzy Pearl. I'm interested to hear it. I thought his last record was pretty decent, and I like the three songs thus far that he's released off this upcoming Hell California record. So I'm going to check it out when it comes out. And if you're a love-hate fan and you dig Jizzy Pearl, and I know there's some of you out there, you will check it out as well. Dig it. Very few. Sonny, you do not represent the majority, my friend. (laughs) That's why love-hate sold platinum. (laughs) listen there's a lot of bands that haven't sold platinum and some of them you like a lot so relax relax mister please make sure you subscribe to our podcast growing up rock and leave us a review on itunes give us a like and leave us a comment on facebook at growing up rock all right so we're going to do it in growing up rock style i'm thinking share three at a time and i'm going to start so my 1098. So my number 10 is a Norway band. Been around about 20 years called Wigwam. All right. So if you see the album cover, they look a little cheesy. The album's called Never Say Die. It's from Frontiers. Big surprise. I got Frontiers albums on my list. Fifth album, first one in eight years. These guys were all over Eurovision, which is their like American Idol. And they did some stuff really uh, well on Eurovision. Great riffs on this album. Great choruses. They're kind of a little bit all over the place. There's sometimes Sunset Strip type catchy songs. Sometimes they got Whitesnake elements. Sometimes they feel a little Bon Jovi. They got little Scorpions in there. Sometimes they're power metal. They're fun, but they're not Steel Panther fun. Like they're not that kind, right? But it is fun music. And it's interesting that they're all over the place because it kind of has some mass appeal. So when you first hear these songs like Hypnotized or Kilimanjaro or Never Say Die, which are some of my favorites off this album, People would say Sonny likes that, but that singer, Og Sten Nielsen, like his voice is tolerable enough to where when they hit it right, it sounds good to me. So Wigwam, number 10. And by the way, the the four band members, Glam, Teeny, Flash, and Sporty. So obviously they're trying to be fun. Their first album was called 667, The Neighbor of the Beast. Right, so they're obviously trying to. I like sporty baby spice and uh, scary spice better, though. They're better to look at. (laughs) Oh, that's true. There's no doubt about that. Another surprise is my number nine the German metal gods. Victory. So these guys have been around since 1984. I would say they are probably power metal. This is their 11th album. It's the first one in 10 years. And they are all over the place. But there are times when they're more scorpions than they are except. And that's when they get me, is when they're more scorpions. And this album, Gods of Tomorrow, which was released on AFM Records, is more scorpions than it is except. And Geodi, who is the vocalist, 
is a better singer than most except singers to me. So even when they go to the except side to the melodies, it's still tolerable to me because the music is so good. I've never had a problem with the music for except. My problem's always been the vocals. And with these guys, they kind of got that figured out a little bit. There's a song on there called Cut to the Bone that's almost Cinderella. Like it felt like it came right off night songs. But my favorite songs on there, Unconditional Love. Unconditional Love, I would tell you, is one of the best songs of 2021, period. A song called Love and Hate, the title track called Gods of Tomorrow. So Herman Frank is in this band who is from Accept. When you hear this album, you're going to go, wow, Sonny like that? that that's kind of weird. But uh, yeah, it's the Scorpions piece of me. And my number eight, The Treatment, their fifth studio album, uh, On Frontiers, Waiting for Good Luck. English band formed in 2008. If they sound familiar, The Treatment, they toured with Kiss and Motley Crue in 2012. So if you saw the tour, you probably saw The Treatment because they opened up. Kevin Shirley mixed this album, so obviously they're supported. It's kind of part ACDC, part Def Leppard. This album has a little bit of that 80s Alice Cooper feel too. And dude, Tom Rampton, who's a vocalist, has an incredible rock voice. So my favorites off this Waiting for Good Luck is Take It or Leave It, Vampirous, Let's Make Money in Wrong Way. So that is my 1098, the surprising wigwam victory. And the treatment's probably not that much of a surprise. What do you think? Very surprising. <laughs> when I saw your list, and I should we should tell people we we shared each other's list a little bit ahead of time in case there was a record that neither one of us knew. So we wanted to share that a little bit ahead of time. But the wigwam, we spotlighted them on Crank It Up Spotlight. Kilimanjaro is a great song. I like this record a lot. In fact, it was one of the records that probably just missed my list. Spoiler alert, it's not on my list, but really good, solid record. The singer of Wigwam is also in Ammunition with Eric Martinson from Eclipse, which uh, I also love uh, Ammunition. Those are two really good records as well. Victory. So (laughs) Victory is an interesting one to me. I got this promo roughly about a month and a half ago or so, and I listened to it because I'd heard of Victory from way back in the day, like way back in the day when I was discovering like German metal and man, these guys are still together. Okay. So I said, let me give it a listen. I gave it a listen and was blown away. I was like, holy shit, this record is really good. I didn't even bother sharing the promo with Sonny because I'm like, Sonny's not going to like this. Why the hell would I waste my time sending it to him? I'm like, "Uh, yeah, I'm just going to keep this to myself and it is what it is. And I just thought it was amazing. I thought it was a really, really good record. And then when Sonny, Sonny texts me like about a week ago or something, and he's like, dude, this sounds like something you would like, man. It's killer. (laughs) And he texts me this and I started laughing. I'm like, really? I thought he was joking me or punking me, but nope, he actually likes it. It made his list. So good for him. I actually left it off my list because it's on Sonny's list, but it could have easily made my top 10 because it is a really solid record. And I would encourage anybody to go out there and check out Victory Gods of Tomorrow. You will not be disappointed if you're into hard rock metal type feel, especially if you're into, like Sonny said, Accept or Scorpions, that kind of thing.
Number eight, the treatment. I can tell you for sure that since we've started the podcast, every time the treatment has released a new album, it has made my top 10. And this album is awesome. Waiting for good luck. They're on a run of great records, in my opinion. And so you might be seeing them a little bit later on on my list, but fantastic 10, 9, and 8 from you. On to my 10, 9, and 8. Sonny is not going to love all the all the records on my 10. And I've got a couple that are out of left field and a couple that may not belong in a hard rock and metal list. But the honest truth is I spend a lot of time with the records and I keep going back to them because for whatever reason, they resonate with me and I dig them. So they made my list. So at number 10 is a record that hasn't been out a real long time, but they were releasing some singles up front, and it's a band called King Zebra. They've been around for a little while. The album is called Survivors, and they released a song that they did with Guernica Mancini from Thunder Mother called Wall of Confusion that I like quite a bit. I would also tell you to check out Under Destruction and She Don't Like My Rock and Roll. They're just a straight-up hard rock band. I'm guessing Sonny's not a big fan of it because of the singer, probably, but, uh, you know, he's not a bad singer. He's just not a great singer. He's just kind of there, but I like the tunes. I like the riffs. There's some great riffs on this record, and it rocks, so I dig it. At number nine is a band called Madhouse, and they released an album called Bad Habits. This is just a sleazy, dirty rock and roll record. I would encourage you to check out songs like Bang Bang, Sick of It All, and I Walk the Pony Girl, which is just one of my favorite titles ever. But this album, I keep going back to it time and time again. I mean, crank it up loud. You'll love it. It's a great sleazy rock and roll record from Madhouse. And then number eight is my oddball out in this entire list. I'm not sure that this band, well, I am sure this band is not a metal band. They're not a hard rock band. I'm not even sure that they're a rock band, but I kind of think they're a rock band. They remind me a lot of the band Muse. There's only two members in the band. I think I probably heard of this band from somebody like Dylan Wright from Potter and Hell, but I actually discovered them through Spotify. They showed up on one of my lists and I really dug it. So I went back to the record and I keep going back to this record. The name of the band is called Royal Blood. And like I said, there's two guys in the band. The name of the album is called Typhoons. I would just say, listen to the first three songs on the record. If you like it, awesome. If you don't like it, just move along. Trouble's Coming, Oblivion, and Typhoons are the first three songs on the record. And I think the band has been around for a while. Their back catalog, I think, is probably all over the place. I have a feeling they're all over the place. But if you're a fan of like Muse, you should probably dig this band. They're a little bit like dance, a little bit like rock, a little bit like groove. They got all kinds of things going on. I dig this record a lot. Uh, so Royal Blood Typhoons. That's my 10, 9, and 8.
Have at it, Tony. <laughs> All right. So none of these three made my 24 that Shocker. I had to cut off. And King Zebra, you're absolutely right. It was the vocalist. I tried it. I'm like, I, I can't listen to this all the way through. And I did something similar to what you did. As I got the albums or somebody told me about an album, I grabbed it. I'll listen to more than half of the first song to get an idea of, do I like the vocalist? Do I like the way they write songs? And then if I could get past that, then I'll listen to two or three more and go, okay, you got my interest, pulled a full album into my playlist so I can listen to it later. If the vocalist turns me off immediately or if I, if I can't get through that first song and Zebra was like that, I'm like, oh, they were dead on the vine before I even started. A Madhouse, I had not heard this. And again, there is no place where every album that's released is listed. <laughs> I listened to 200 albums and somehow I missed Madhouse. Like I, I don't get it. I heard it a little bit today. It's good. I, I just got to get an idea. I just got to listen to it a little bit more and see if I would really, really like it. I've tried Royal Blood. So many people have told me to try this band because they know I like that funk groove. I like the extremes. I like it when Cotton does it. It's not all rock. And there is something about Royal Blood, and I think you hit it. I don't like Muse. So that's why I probably don't like Royal Blood. I could not get through one song all the way because I'm just like, they would do something that would totally annoy me. And I would have to skip and go, all right, let me go to the next song. The people say these guys are great, and I just cannot get into them. And let me say this. One difference between Royal Blood and Muse, I like some of Muse stuff, but I don't like it all. And one of the things that I like about Typhoons is that the record is pretty much all upbeat, whereas opposed to Muse is kind of in and out with a lot of their, it goes slow, then it goes heavy, then it goes slow. Royal Blood is kind of, at least this album, Typhoons, is pretty much all in the upbeat, which I really enjoyed. It kept me going. And also, let me just clarify that King Zebra is not Zebra. So two different bands. Doesn't have anything to do with the band Zebra. Because I know there's a lot of people out there that really love Zebra. So King Zebra, totally separate uh, European band. Just check them out uh, on their own accord. But okay, cool. So on with the seven, six, and five from Mr. Pooney. The old Zebra ain't that great either. I know right isn't doing I, I don't like Zebra. I've never been a fan of Zebra, ever. I know there's a lot of people that love Zebra and love that first record. I've never been into it. I, I don't know what it is, but I cannot connect with that band. All right, so my seven, six, and five, two are some of my favorite bands, and one is an absolute newbie. So my number seven, Buck Cherry released their ninth album called Hellbound. Uh, we talked to Josh Todd on July 10th covered a lot of this album so if you want to go back and check out that episode i think you're going to uh, learn a lot from you know just kind of what josh is dealing with they're on round hill records i would say my favorite songs on this is so hot hellbound no more lies and the way you know josh is still in the band obviously stevie d's still playing guitar they got billy Rowe on guitar now that kelly lemieux on bass francis ruiz on drums it is classic buck cherry i know it is an absolute love hate for people if you don't like the Buck Cherry you heard in 1999, you ain't going to like the Buck Cherry you hear in 2021. They got the classic sound. I love it. They don't change much. So I've always been a fan. My number six is a late entry to most people because the album just got released a little while ago. But we've actually had it for a little while. And that is Black Label Society, Doom Crew Incorporated. Zach, the man, releasing his 11th studio album. They've been around over 20 years from LA. And this stuff, I will tell you, what I love, I really love off this album, like Set You Free, Gather All My Sins, and stuff like that. Like the stuff I like, I really like. I will also tell you 
that I've been known to say that, like when he starts doing the little ballad thing, he loses me. I will tell you, Love Rain Down, though, is beautifully done, and it is my favorite BLS ballad. And that's on this album, too. So he's kind of toned down. He's a little more tolerable on the more ballady songs on this album. But the problem with this album is there's a lot of those. There's not enough songs on this album, otherwise it would have been higher on my list, that absolutely just punch you in the head. And that's one of the reasons I love Black Label is because they punch you in the head. So this album, it's a little less crunchy. Now, I will also tell you, though, that I love that him and Dario are switching off on guitars. So uh, that's really a kind of cool new thing. And then we talked to Zach on uh, September 30th. So if you want to hear about this album and hear what he was going through and all that kind of stuff, you can check that episode out. And then my number five, it's a straight-up newbie, Chez Kane. She's been around a while, self-titled, first solo album. It's interesting. People are saying that her songwriting's a little bit Vixen, a little bit Bon Jovi, a little bit Lita Ford, a little bit Soraya, if you were a Soraya fan. I love all those four, so that's probably one of the things I like about Chez. But I'll tell you, her vocals dead on sound like Pat Benatar to me. It's like the new Pat Benatar. And it's some great rock songs. Rocket on the radio, Better Than Love, Too Late for Love. Danny Ruxin from Crazy Licks is helping her with a bunch of the songwriting. Eric Martinson mastered it. Like she's got the right people involved. But I think what gets me about Chez is the Pat Benatar vocal.
So that's my seven, six, and five. Buckcherry, Black Label, and Chez King. What do you think? Well, Chez was a huge uh, surprise to me. I didn't even know that you knew knew that record existed. It's a great seven, six, five. I love all three. The Buck Cherry is absolutely like like you said. If you're into Buck Cherry, it's a great Buck Cherry record. There is probably really only maybe one, possibly two songs that are okay for me on that record. The rest of it, I love. I love all that record. Uh, so it's just a solid record. You know what I find interesting, and maybe it's the reason they were never huge, huge, but there are a lot of people that don't like Buck Cherry. People that I'm kind of surprised that don't like them. And I'm not really sure why. They just said they don't connect with it or whatever. But uh, I think the music's awesome for Buck Cherry. I dig it. Black Label Society. I really like this Black Label record. Uh, I thought it was a very strong record. And it's funny because your perception of this record isn't really my perception of the record. I didn't think it really had that much ballady stuff on it. I thought it was a pretty straight ahead rock record. And to me, way better than the grimmest hits, in my opinion, as far as Black Label Society records go. And you hit the nail on the head with the freaking Dario and Zach trade-off solos, man. There are some ridiculous solos on this record. There's one song, and I don't have it in front of me, but there's one song towards the end of the album where the two of them trade off solos back and forth, and it's just like skull-binding I mean, face-melting, skull-binding. It's unbelievable. I think I mentioned it to Zach in that conversation that we have. Uh, So if you haven't heard that episode, go check it out. Sonny and I do a Top 10 Black Label Society episode the following week, and it's just uh, a fun one-two punch of uh, BLS uh, for us. And then the Ches Kane, I like the Ches Kane record. I think it's a solid kind of pop rock record. I don't know that I would call it hard rock. I guess there's some hard rock and moments in this record. I never put Ches Kane with Pat Benatar. It's never really come across to me like that. Maybe I'll listen to the record with that in mind now and see if I can see where you're coming from on that. But she's just a, an amazing vocalist to begin with on her own. Definitely check out the Ches Kane self-titled record. I know there's a lot of people out there that dig that record. Yeah, I'll tell you about the BLS thing. It is better than Grimace Hits, in my opinion, too. I agree with that. My problem with BLS is, and it's not fair. I'll tell you that straight up, Zach. I know you're listening. It's not fair. I want another Order of the Black. I want Godspeed Hellbound. I want Pray to the Dead 17 times on a record. I don't know why I want it that way. I just do, right? And probably not too many ballads on this album. There's more mid-tempo ones, though. It's not as like fast and crunchy. Some of the older albums I really, really like, I guess, is the way to put it. Yeah, so that I completely see. And there are definitely more dynamics in this record, meaning that it'll go from slow to fast to slow within one song. You know, there's a lot of layers within a song, uh, even starting with the uh, first single, Set You Free, where it has the slow intro and then kicks into the mid-tempo, you know, chug, right? Everyone's got a rock and roll story to tell, and we want to hear yours. So go to our website at growinguprock.com. That's one word, G-R-O-W-I-N-U-P-R-O-C-K.com. 
or visit us on our Facebook page at Growing Up Rock and tell us all about it. We'll take a quick breather here from our top 10 of 2021. We hope you guys are enjoying this. Hope you discover some new records or at least go check out some of the records that you may have passed by throughout the course of the year. Uh, In the event that you are enjoying this, and we hope you are, it would be awesome if you guys could leave us a five-star review either on iTunes or what is it? Uh, Apple podcast. I guess they call it Apple podcast. Now I can never keep up with these names. Anyway, go leave us a five-star review at Apple podcast or at Podchaser. I put the little links right in the show notes for you. All you got to do is hit it on your phone. Takes literally like five minutes at the longest, maybe two minutes. If you're fast at, you know, doing your fingers on your little phone to leave us an awesome review. We appreciate it. And it does help out the podcast and it doesn't cost you a dime to do it. So help us out. Leave us a five-star review. And now back to the reviews. So it's up to me, my seven, six, and five. So at number seven, I know this is going to be a popular choice this year. And I know a lot of people are kind of like, I don't know, it's an obvious choice, but I'll be honest with you. I keep going back to this record and have listened to it multiple times. I know all the hype. I get it. I know I'm a Van Halen fan. I get it. But I enjoy the Mammoth WVH record. I've listened to it multiple times. First of all, I commend Wolf Van Halen for having his own thing that doesn't sound like Van Halen. That's the first thing. Second of all, he didn't ride the coattails by putting his name out there or putting his name even on the project for the most part. I commend him for that. I commend him for playing and singing and doing everything on this record. I think that that is ultra talented and I respect that. But for me, it comes down to the music. Do I like the music? And for me, this record has hooks and melodies and amazing playing on it. And I've heard a lot of people say they don't like his voice, which is interesting to me because I think he actually has a good voice. So it doesn't matter. It just proves a point, which is music hits everybody in a different way. But I respect the Mammoth Wolf Van Halen record on its own. Not because of the name. I just think it's a great record. Some of my favorite songs are Mr. Ed, Epiphany, and Don't Back Down. I think it's a great rock record. At number six, Dirty Honey, self-titled record. Man, I saw this band open up for the Black Crows, and I'm thinking there's no way in hell this singer is going to be as good live as he is on the uh, CD. Uh, yeah, I'd be wrong. He was as good, if not better. My wife looked at me a couple times. She's like, holy shit, that guy's voice is so high and he hits some high notes. He won't be hitting those when he's 50 and 60, unfortunately, but man, that dirty honey self-titled record is killer. I thought the EP was okay. It had some songs that I liked and some that I thought were okay, but this self-titled record, the full record, I really like the wired tied up gypsy if you're into 70s classic rock with a zeppelin feel or you know just a bluesy rock feel aerosmith big influence in in on that record as well then check out the dirty honey record 
And then at number five, we've had these guys on the show, but this is just an absolute solid rock record. And that's the L.A. Maybe with Dirty Damn Tricks. These guys are from the Carolinas. They released a song first called Mr. Danger, and everybody kind of wrote them off as this ACDC wannabe band or ACDC sounding band. And there's a lot of ACDC sounding bands out there. I happen to like Mr. Danger. I thought it was a great, catchy tune. And obviously, I like ACDC. So I dug it from the get-go. But this album has a lot of different flavors to it. A song like Oh Sugar and then Fake, they're killer tunes. This album and this band is not just an ACDC sounding band. And in fact, Mr. Danger is probably the most ACDC sounding song on the record. The rest of it doesn't really sound like that to me. It's just a killer solid rock record. Uh, so I would encourage you guys to check out the LA Maybe with Dirty Damn Tricks. <laughs>
That's my seven, six, and five. All right, so I'm going to go backwards on this one. The LA Maybe we'll talk about in a few minutes. The Dirty Honey album, I liked it. It made my top 24. It just didn't crack my top 10. They definitely got something for sure. Wolfie. All right. I commend him for not writing the Van Halen coattails. I commend him for being very musical and doing his mama and daddy proud. Mr. Ed, the TV show's better. This album absolutely sucks. I've listened to it so many times. I've given so many tries because people that I respect and people that I know and friends of mine absolutely love this thing. And I've given it four different tries at four different time frames and came up with the same thing. Mr. Ed, the TV show's better and the rest of the album sucks. I'm sorry, Wolfie. I just can't get into it. I don't want him doing Van Halen things and I wasn't looking for him to do the next Van Halen album. I just don't like this music at all. So there you go. So you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, so it's a very 90s, 2000 sounding rock record, right? Meaning that uh, it's definitely influenced from a lot of those bands from that era. And so if you don't dig any of those bands from that era, and I don't think you particularly love a lot of that stuff from that era, it's not going to be in your bang zone of rock and roll. I think it's a great rock record. It sounds great. And again, I keep telling you, I like a lot of the melodies on this record. But hey, to each is home, and that's okay. So my four, three, and two, my number four, Slammin' Gladys, and the album's actually called Two, and it's uh, Jim Machine Records released it. Slamming Gladys is interesting because it's very much like Roxanne. So we talked about Roxanne a couple of years ago. It, it, Roxanne released a record. It made my top 10. And they did the same thing. They released something in the late 80s and then didn't release anything for like 20 some odd years later and released this great album. And everybody's wondering, what the hell have you guys been doing this whole time? Slamming Gladys formed in 89. LA released their debut album in 92. Great album. Disappear for 29 years and come back with this like – melodic hard rock swampy blues funk sleaze combination that is great it is awesome dragon eye girl one of the best songs of 2021 no doubt lose my mind toxic lover both off the same album i had to go back and find i actually have that other album on cd i found it listened to it and it's great too and they're doing the original lineup I don't know what these, you know, these guys have been working at Photomat. I don't know where they've been working. I have no idea. I don't know what they've been doing. I don't know anything about them. All I know is it's a great album, and it's unfortunate that it's just going to kind of get lost in the process. But uh, give it a shot. Slamming Gladys, and it's a TWO, too. My number three was your number five, I think. LA Maybe, Dirty Damn Tricks, you know. Just like you said, a little bit ACDC. It's got that little Guns N' Roses feel. Got the little Van Halen feel. Got the little Little Skinner feel. We talked to Dallas and Alvy April 17th. They played a game show with us, the year's game show. It was fun. They were good sports about it. I think Dallas really wanted to win. They got a, you know, they got a guy named Drizzle on guitar. Like you got to give him a shot just to, because they got a Drizzle on guitar. <laughs> but my favorite songs are She's Reckless, Sucker Punch, Mr. Danger, and Peace of Mind. Great rock record with a lot of different flavors to it. And uh, Alvy sounds great. And then my number two, which, man, what an album. Eclipse Wired, released on Frontiers. Our buddy Eric Martinson, uh, we talked to him on November 3rd, 2019. If you want to go check that one out, we just talked to him on October 23rd, 2021 about this album. It's their ninth studio album. They were founded 22 years ago. This stuff's got hooks, big riffs. It's got this white snake flavor. You could probably say they're the new white snake. 
My favorite songs on this new album, Carved in Stone, Den Inside, Dying Breed, Saturday Night, Hallelujah, Twilight, We Didn't Come to Lose. There's like maybe one clunker that I don't listen to on the album. I listen to Eclipse a ton. We've talked about them a ton. And I listen to Eclipse every week now. Eclipse is one of my top 20 bands of all time. And I just got into them a few years ago. Like that's how much I love Eclipse. So, you know, you've heard us say it before. If you haven't given Eclipse a chance yet, you really need to give them a chance because they are writing some absolutely killer music. So that's my four, three, and two. What do you think? Another surprise. Like with every group of Sonny's picks, there's a surprise in every bunch. Slam and Gladys, huge surprise. Sonny and I have talked about them before. We've had them on the Crank It Up New Music Spotlight before. I had the first CD. They're definitely a funk. They were back then definitely a funk rock band. In fact, they were in that episode we did about funk rock or get the funk out, or I don't remember what that episode was called way back when. But uh, they released this record. I listened to it. I enjoyed it. But honestly, I haven't spent as much time with this record as Sonny has. And I think probably after this episode, I'll go back and spend more time with this record because we've had it for a while. It's a great pick from you. The L.A. Maybe Dirty Damn Tricks, I've already said. It's an amazing record. You definitely need to go check that out. And then Eclipse. Yeah, so Eclipse is at number two for you. They're going to make an appearance on my list. Spoiler alert. Uh, We both love Eclipse, and they put out an amazing album in Wired this year, and I'm going to talk a little bit more about that here in my four, three, and two. So, my number four. You heard it from Sonny. It was his number eight. It's my number four, The Treatment, Waiting for Good Luck. I love The Treatment. Like I said, ever since we've had this podcast, every time they've released an album, it's made my top 10. This is no exception. They're right in my bang zone of rock and roll. They have those big riffs. They have great courses. They have good melodies. I dig their records. Rat Race, Lightning in a Bottle, and Devil in the Detail are killer tunes. But this whole record for me is pretty good. Definitely check out the treatment. I never even heard of this band until I saw them opening up for Motley Crue and Kiss. That's the first time I've heard of them. And they've had a couple of vocalist changes over the years. But I think the guy that they've got now is the guy that they've had in the last three records. I'm not 100% sure about that. But it doesn't matter. I like all their records. So whatever it is, they're consistent in their songwriting. And that makes me happy. At number three, Eclipse Wired. For me, my favorite songs are Roses on Your Grave, Die and Breed, and Bite the Bullet. Like Sonny said, if you're into that melodic European Swedish rock and roll, then Eclipse. And if you've listened to the show at all, then you know who Eclipse is because we've talked at length about them. We've had the band on the podcast three different times, Eric Martinson twice, and the band as a whole, I think, once. So definitely check out Eclipse Wired. And then number two, I know, is probably a surprise because I haven't talked a whole lot about them. We've had them on the Crank It Up New Music Spotlight, but this record is really, really freaking good from start to finish. And that's a band out of Australia called Dangerous Curves. They released a record called Summertime Highs. And if you're into Poison Warrant with a little bit of Van Halen mixed in, maybe even a little bit of Skid Row at times, 
you're going to dig this new Dangerous Curves record. Their first record was really good, but this one's even better than the first one, in my opinion. Check out songs like In Those Eyes, I Like It, and Changing Lanes. It's a great record. I really, really enjoy this Dangerous Curve record. And when I started taking songs off it and putting it in a playlist, every time a song would come on from them, I'd be like, who's this? <laughs> and I'd have to look it up and I'd like, holy shit, that's from that Dangerous Curves record. So yeah, this record is really, really good. Dangerous Curves with Summertime Highs. My four, three, and two. Yeah, so the treatment I already talked about, clips I already talked about, Dangerous Curves, it was in that top 24 for me. My favorite songs off that album are actually My Oh My and The Good and the Bad. And The Good and the Bad actually has like this cry tough start to it. So yeah, very, very poison. But uh, And same thing with me. I had it in that playlist and something would come up and I'm like, 
who's that again? And it always seemed to be Dangerous Curse for some reason. Yeah, and both those <laughs> tunes are cool. My Oh My was one of the ones I was going to put in there, but I just took three songs and threw them in there. My Oh My is awesome. And so, yeah, just a great record. I would encourage anybody to seek that band out, Dangerous Curves, Summertime Highs, and they're an Australian band. All right, so for our number ones, my number one. And I will tell you, I am surprised it's my number one. It might not actually surprise you, the listener, uh, but uh, I'll tell you my story here. So my number one is an album called Retransmission from Wet. So Wet is work of art, Eclipse, plus Talisman put into one. So that means you got Robert Saul on keyboards from work of art, you got Eric Martinson from Eclipse on guitar, and you got Jeff Scott Soto on vocals. So when you hear that, you're like, okay, well, of course it's Sunny's number one because it's got Jeff Scott Soto. I'll tell you the last three albums, which the first one was released in 2009. It was a self-titled album. I like maybe three songs on it. Then they released an album four years later called Rise Up. I like maybe four or five songs on it. Then they released Earth Rage in 2018, and it was a little bit better. But this album is by far the best Wet album so far. And I really love the Eclipse record, so putting Wet above Eclipse was tough for me. But hearing Jeff sing songs like Beautiful Game, Big Boys Don't Cry, where he's doing the dual vocal with Eric, Gotta Be About Love, How Do I Know, The Call of the Wild, and probably the best ballad of the year, What Are You Waiting For? This Wet record is absolutely amazing, and I cannot wait because Jess Scott Soto will be on Mork. Eclipse will be on Mork, and the last time the two of them were together, they did some wet songs, so that means most likely they will do the same thing this time, and I can't wait to see it live. Incredible album, Wet Retransmission, and we've had this album for a while, so I've been listening to it all year. When your heart is beating, pounding in your 
see, so Sonny and I are more alike than not. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Everything Sonny just said, ditto. Because this wet record retransmission is the shit as far as I'm concerned. It also landed at number one for me. And like Sonny said, we've had this record for a while. First of all, this record was released, I think, early January, maybe February of this year. So most of the people have had it, have had the opportunity to listen to it throughout the course of the year. And that makes a big difference, spending that much time with the record in how you feel about the record at the end of the year. But tack on a month and a half, two months to that time, because Sonny and I had it about a month and a half, two months before it came out. So we were listening to it back then. And I think I said to Sonny at the time, I'll be real surprised if this record is not in my top 10 at the end of the year. And that was back in January, December, January, when I made that comment. And damned if it didn't stick around in my repeats almost the entire year. I just think it's a super strong record. It's a super rocking record. It's up-tempo enough for me. So there's not... It doesn't get bought down with a bunch of ballads all the time and things like that. It's it's really, it just keeps rocking. Yes, there is a ballad on it. Yes, there are some slower moments on it. But overall, to me, this record rocks. And I'm in the same boat as Sonny. Like some of the other wet records, there's usually a handful of songs that I like a lot off the records, but there's some stuff that's just a little bit too slow for me or I don't dig. This wet record was killer from start to finish so there you go wet retransmission the number one record for both sunny and i here at the grown-up rock podcast how crazy is that i I don't think it's happened before has it happened before uh i can't remember did we both have animal drive at number one no i don't think i had it okay i don't remember but no i don't think it's happened either that i can remember Okay, so some of my near misses, I wanted to mention a couple of these albums, and then I've got a uh, a special message for somebody. So Kickin' Valentina, The Revenge of Rock, it was a good album. It didn't blow me away completely, but I'm really interested in seeing them live now. Now I've heard some things that I really like. So uh, Kickin' Valentina's album was pretty good. Uh, Crown, Kings in the North, it's very symphonic metal. It's crowned with an E, if you want to give it a try. Uh, very listenable. It's big. It's produced big. It's very bright. So if you kind of like that symphonic metal, you might enjoy it. Native Sons, that 70s sound, man. The Natives of Restless uh, was the name of the album. It was a really good album, worth a listen. This guy named Kent Hilly released an album called The Rumble. It's very Survivor. So if you're a Survivor fan, you might want to check out an album by uh, Kent Hilly, H-I-L-L-I. Tremonti. Oh, my God. The Tremonti album had some great riffs. And the production is super huge. It was just a little too metally for me, but it is a really good album. It's called Marching in Time if you want to give it a try. Believe it or not, Candlebox released an album this year. I'm not the biggest Candlebox fan, but this new album called Wolves actually was pretty good. It just had a lot of mid-tempo songs. And uh, my favorite song on there is called All Downhill From Here. And my favorite lyric of 2021 was off this song. And the lyric was, I've had one too many whiskeys two too many times. That's pretty good. That is a pretty good lyric right there. L.A. Guns, Checkered Past. It's a good L.A. Guns uh, album. You know, they've they've been hit and miss over their career, but Cannonball was probably my favorite song off that album. Uh, Crazy Licks, that had, uh, Street Lethal, really good album. 
I had a really good shot to make my list. My favorite song on there is Rise Above. There's a song by one of Soto's bandmates. His name is BJ. There's an album called Overload by a band called Spectra. And it's S-P-E-K-T-R-A. Great, like, melodic hard rock. Very Eclipse. Very Heat. My favorite songs on there was Running Out of Time, Overload, and Just Because. Thunder released a new album this year. Very bad company feel called All the Right Noises. Uh, Thunder is, you know, they've been around a long time, so if you want to give them a shot. Last one out, Turn Off the Lights, was my favorite song off that one. And The Pretty Reckless uh, released an album called Death by Rock and Roll. It was a good album, and it had a really good title track that was one of the best songs in 2021, I thought. But there was some, like, almost country songs on that album that kind of, I was like, this is going to knock it out of my top 10. I will tell you my 10.11 was a band called Paralandra. And the album is called Street Magic. And it's a lady named Cassandra Carson. I don't know if Cassandra will hear this. Wow. That album was absolute wow. For a newbie really just kind of hitting the, I guess, scene. Songs like Gypsy Rose, Can't Quench the Fire. It only had eight tracks on it. It's got like this daughtry feel with more of a punch and a female vocal that sometimes she sounded like Kiss Daughtry and sometimes she sounded like Lizzie Hale. But she's kind of got a little bit of a deeper voice. But man, Cassandra, really, really impressive album. Really impressive. If BLS hadn't released, it would have been in my top 10, to be honest with you. So those are some of the albums I really liked this year. How about you? Awesome. Yeah, I got a big old list of records that I really enjoyed this year. And uh, a lot of them you hate and I don't care. So <laughs> I enjoyed them. But uh, I'll just run down the list. Uh, most of the names you know except the dead daisies i actually enjoyed the new foo fighters i thought the end machine record was actually a lot better than the first one and i really enjoyed the end machines second record hardline was really good but i felt like it fizzled out and was had too many ballads on it so that's why the hardline didn't make my top 10 the (laughs) the new sticks record it's hugely progressive and i hated it the first time i heard it But then I kept listening to it. There were certain things that drew me into it. And now I'm kind of like, okay, sonically, this record is really amazing sounding. And if you're into like Queen and stuff like that, and I'm talking about like old Queen, where it's, uh, you know, very dynamic and very sort of all over the place. The new Sticks record is not a bad record. And I would encourage you, like, if you can listen to it with headphones or something, do that because it sounds like sonically amazing. The vocals, the the stuff on it, it's just, it's a really good, interesting record. Temple Balls, uh, I really enjoyed that Temple Balls record. There's some really good stuff on that. The Buck Cherry, like I talked about, the Kickin' Valentino, which uh, Sonny just mentioned, the Victory, which we talked about. I think the Sunstorm record, I know there's a lot of people out there like, no Joe Lynn Turner, no Sunstorm. That Sunstorm record is really, really good. So I enjoyed the Sunstorm record myself. Ches Kane already talked about that. You heard Sonny talk about the Victory record and one of the guitar players in Victory, Herman Franks. He put out a solo record this year that's actually really good as well. So check out the Herman Frank solo record. It's, you know, it's got singing. It's not like an instrumental or anything. It's a straight up just a solo Herman Frank's record and it rocks. The Crown, Jonah T. There's definitely some good stuff on that Crown record. And then Crazy Li- 
Strikes, which Sonny mentioned as well. Those are some uh, some records that I listen to today that I'm still listening to that I like a lot. They just didn't make my top 10. That's all. And then, you know, there's always some disappointments. I shared the Mammoth one. The one you're going to share, I didn't like at all. So I'll share the one that I wanted to share, and that's the End Machine record. For it to be Doc and plus Robert Mason, it just does not connect with me at all. The first album was disappointing. The second album was disappointing. I'm like, guys, just stop doing albums that don't sound like they should to me. Like, I just, I, I, I couldn't listen to it. I couldn't listen to it. But the one you're going to share, oh, my God, it was almost worse. And those are two of my faves, and it was almost more. So you share yours. Uh, I thought that end machine sounded great. Sounded more like docking to me this time around. But anyway, one of the biggest disappointments for me was this Sunbomb record. I love Michael Sweet, and I actually like uh, L.A. Guns with uh, Tracy and, and Phil. But the Michael Sweet-Tracy combination on the Sunbomb record, I did not enjoy I didn't love the production on it. I didn't love the songs on it. So I don't know. I tried a couple times to get through it, and I was just kind of like, it doesn't work for me. Uh, so, yeah, that was a little bit of a disappointment for me. But I hate saying disappointments. I found way more, yes, pleasant surprises than I did disappointments this year. There were some bands that I found that I ended up liking but never heard of and don't know anything about them. But, you know, I enjoyed the record. So, All right. So, you know, we always got to connect it to Kiss. You wanted the best and you got the best. The hottest band in the world, Kiss. It's time for your historic moment on Growing Up Rock. So for the historic moment, we're going to go with a cover. So from the Hella Mega Tour, yes, here is Green Day, yes, that Green Day, with a live version they just released of Rock and Roll Night. Here you go.
Hey, another band did rock and roll all night and party every day. Amazing. <laughs> they actually did it pretty good. Like, I'm not a huge Green Day fan, but it's kind of cool that they're doing, that they're Kiss fans, they're doing Kiss music. Yeah, maybe pick something that's not rock and roll all night, but my guess is they're looking at their crowd going, are these really Kiss fans? And if we pick something deep, they're not even going to know what the hell we're doing. So let's just stick to something everybody knows. That was exactly it. I like Green Day. I like a lot of the stuff. I, li- I There's a lot of stuff I don't like about them, but uh, I don't have a problem with Green Day. So it's all good. So before we wrap up, we always talk, you know, a few movies or TV shows that uh, we saw this year. And I'll start. Movie-wise, I didn't get to – I never went to a theater this year because of COVID. Uh, and just time, really, also. But I did see a Netflix movie called Red Notice that mm-hmm. was pretty good. Um, Ryan Reynolds, The Rock, Gal Gadot, uh, they kind of did it like this very A-team, not mystery, but more action and a couple of, you know, left turns and they kind of left it to where they could do two or three or four more of those type of movies if they really wanted to. So, uh, Red Notice on Netflix was pretty good. And then TV, I really enjoyed Loki, right? Because I, I kind of just enjoy the anti-hero anyway. I enjoyed Hawkeye and both of those are from Disney. And then I got two Jeremy Renner ones because Hawkeye's Jeremy Renner. And there's a new show out on Paramount called Mayor of Kingstown. And it's about they run prisons. So it's kind of this inside outside of the dirty of the inside that connects to the outside through the law enforcement. And Jeremy Renner does a really good job of it. It just started because they're trying to connect it to Yellowstone. So they'll do a Yellowstone episode, then throw this Mayor Kingstown behind it. But uh, Yellowstone just started their new season too, so it's pretty good. So I've been more into TV than I have been into movies. How about you? Yeah, it's kind of the same for me. I hardly ever watch TV anymore, and I haven't been in a movie theater since pre-COVID. So same for me, but it's all streaming services for me. So Red Notice was awesome. That was actually on my list. I thought the new Dune was pretty good uh, from HBO Max. I checked that out. And then another movie on Netflix that I enjoyed quite a bit was Army of Thieves, which is part of that whole, I don't know, it's an army of darkness army of the dead army of it's part of the series but army of thieves was a little bit different than the rest because it wasn't all just about zombies and stuff it was more of a heist movie and so i thought it was really good succession i started watching on hbo max i stopped after two seasons because the third season just sort of started so i wanted to wait till they get all the shows in the hopper before I watch it so I can just watch it straight through because I hate that whole waiting on an episode thing. If you haven't seen Ted Lasso, I know a lot of people talk about it. It's just a feel good 30 minute show. And I enjoyed Ted Lasso the first season. I haven't seen the second season yet. And then Narcos, I enjoyed just about anything that has to do with like Narcos or drug lords or any of that stuff. I just, I just enjoyed it's a guilty pleasure. What do you want me to tell you? I don't know. I like it. I'm demented in that way. So that's pretty much what I've been watching in the things I watched thus far. So to wrap up 2021, obviously there was a ton of great music. Um, you should try it, right? Rock and roll is not dead. It's not selling. Okay. It's not selling. It's not making people rich anymore. But there is some really good new music out there that, you know, even a guy like me who I'm in love with the 80s and there's stuff I listen to that's old school for my high school years all the time. And I love some of this new music. Like, you know, just like Eclipse Heat and some of the stuff that I listen to every week. And they were not around when I was 20 years old, right? So that's all good. I absolutely appreciate the listeners sending 
albums. So I'll get a Twitter message or a Facebook messenger. Hey, have you seen, have you heard this album? And then every once in a while I'll get, they sound just like Hailstorm. I'll listen to it going, they don't sound anything like Hailstorm. So, you know, some of them are a tough listen, but I appreciate the thought and keep sending them because there's a lot of times I'm like, when did that album come out? How did I miss that? Like, there's so many independent and between, you know, AFM and Frontiers and Jib Hill and, you know, people are doing their own record companies. There's like so much stuff getting released, can't keep up. So I appreciate the listeners keeping me in the know. Yeah, I think it's information overload. I think the great thing about music today is that there is an overabundance about it. But I also think that the great thing about music today is the bad thing about music today which means there are no filters. You are going to miss a great album that got released. There's no way that you can listen to it all. And I guarantee there's going to be something that goes through the cracks that you miss that's just killer. And it is what it is. Uh, so I'm the same as Sonny. If you've got a record that you think is awesome, if you've listened to this show from the beginning, you kind of know what Sonny and I like as far as rock and roll. So you might find something that we like and by all means, you know, hit us up and let me know. And I always try to listen to whatever I find and any suggestions that pop up uh, and either I like it or I don't. And then I move on from there, but there's just a ton of great stuff that came out this year and it's the same every year, really. So get out there and discover, but there is new rock and roll music out there. Don't let anybody tell you anything different. Rock is definitely not dead. They're making killer music today. So if you ain't finding it, you ain't looking. That's all I can say about that for sure. Just want to let the listeners know, thank you so much for listening. Another great year is in the books and, uh, you know, we're going to have another great 2022. That's it. Uh, we hope you enjoyed the kickback of the 2021 best of. By all means, make sure that you share your favorites and see if there is something that we absolutely must check out if we didn't even mention it tonight for sure. Until next week, you guys have a great time listening to all these records, and we will see you or talk to you next week. See ya. Later. Get ready to shuffle, rattle, and roll. Play us out, boys.
Please make sure you subscribe to our podcast, Growing Up Rock, and leave us a review on iTunes. Give us a like and leave us a comment on Facebook at Growing Up Rock. What would you do to achieve the American dream? The big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would I shop? Would I shop? Would you kill? Yes. My mom and dad. My mom and my dad. From Airship, the studio behind American Scandal, comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, Whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, the Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.